Learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard. Interview communication. Today we're talking about proper communication for the interview process and ways to improve communication to increase the likelihood of making a great hire. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. Our mission is to discuss and deconstruct insights from top-performing entrepreneurs and industry experts. Every week, we uncover tested, tactical solutions to solve your company's toughest hiring challenges. Today, our guest is Nick Livingston. Nick is the co-founder and CEO of Honet Software. Uh, Nick has been actually scaling recruiting teams and companies in the San Francisco and New York City area for about past 15 years. He started his career as a technology headhunter in New York City, spent some time at MTV, and after a successful IPO at TubeMogul, which is now Adobe, he uh, started up a company called Honet Software. And the goal of Honet Software is to rethink interview communication and simply and simplify the hiring process. So, um, Nick has also uh, worked in HR technology companies like Taleo and NextSource. He's an MBA from Berkeley with a BS in Applied Mathematics. Uh, Nick, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show today. Hey, thanks, Rick. Appreciate it. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I'm having a little, uh, little. <laughs> we're having some technical difficulties. We're not streaming live on uh, on Facebook today, which has got me all thrown off and discombobulated. But uh, Hey, so we're going to talk a little bit about interview communications, which is your expertise. And um, so what we're going to talk about what's broken with the interview communication, crucial areas to fix, and then we're going to provide some solutions and tools available to enhance that communication and, and overall candidate experience, right? Sound good to you? That sounds good. Awesome. So let's do that. So let's start with the why. So with all the technology and tools available today, why is this still a problem? Well, I mean, where do we start? I mean, I, I, I would say, I would say, conversations are are kind of critical throughout the hiring process, and and I I think, you know, you look around us, our, our computers have evolved, like everything around us has evolved technically. You look at the telephones in our hands; those have evolved considerably, just even you know, two, three years, let alone five, ten, fifteen years, right? Yeah. Um. So just the or, or, order of magnitude of change is is crazy when i started to think about just what a recruiter's day consists of you know and again sourcing is a big part of it uh you know obviously finding the right talents and part of it but i felt you know once we even get that candidate to bite you know what does the process look like and, yeah. and once i took a step took a step back and started to think about like you know what what is happening in these conversations right and then you know what is what is the output of, of these conversations what are we sharing with the next person in line and uh you know does that contain misinterpretation, miscommunication, et cetera. And, and I think when you take a step back, you'll, you'll quickly realize that, you know, every front thing from the initial hiring manager conversation, you know, can be misinterpreted and miscommunicated. You know, those daily phone interview conversations that your, your recruiters are having with candidates every day, you know, zero visibility into what's actually taking place during those calls, what questions are asked, what makes a good answer. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, even when you hang up with after a great interview of what you think would be a, a great high potential candidate for a given role, you know, the challenge becomes how do you articulate that to the next person to convince them that that person's worth their time, right? And so, 
uh, I feel like there's been a real disconnect in the, the flow of information that, that, that would support these interview communication and interview com- conversations. You know, I feel like the big thing is kind of the why, right? I mean, I mean I'm sorry, not the why. <laughs> it's time. <laughs> Woo! Uh, yeah, the big thing is time, right? I mean, I think we're we're scrambling to get a hold of so many people, and you only have so much time in the day, and and so you got to prioritize the the people that you're trying to get a hold of quickly, and and that's really where we're running into issues. And I know we have tools to to help streamline that, but you know that kind of leads to other things like you know really taking out the human process, the element from the process. You're you're right. I mean, yeah. there, over the last ten years, over the last ten years, there's been a wave of, of of innovation in HR tech. It's been fun to follow. It's been fun to be a part of in some capacity. And you know, um, but you're right. A lot of these interview tools or technologies are are trying to automate certain parts of the process, which I think I, we would all agree could be op- automated and probably should be automated. But I think many of them are also trying to replace that conversation, which yeah. between you and me, I think, you know, still remains an important part of the conversation. I, I, I think, that, think interv- that's the most crucial piece ways. of it. Yeah. You know, we've seen interview tools turn interview conversations into one-way conversations, right, where you're, you're giving a candidate some extra work. You're asking them to, you know, record their answers or talk to the computer, and then maybe they can talk to a person at a later point. But... Um, you know, I've always thought the best talent, you know, they have questions for companies. They need to be sold. You know, we're, we're no longer in a market where we've got more jobs than people. And so oh, yeah. candidates have the advantage. How do we, we – we can't forget about that candidate experience throughout the process here. No, it's funny because we're here in Orange County. And I think the last numbers that I saw for last month were 3.1% unemployment. Wow, that's that's ridiculously low, and and so you've really got to um, work hard to find good people that are that are kind of hiding. So let's talk about where the challenges lie, right? So we've got kind of three points of contact, right? You've got the recruiter and the candidate or the interviewee. You've got the recruiter and the hiring manager, and then you've got the interviewee and the hiring manager. Interviewee and hiring manager. I mean, that's just the interview process, right? But I think where we have kind of the biggest mishap, like you know, miscommunication channel to me seems like the recruiter and the interviewee. Would you agree with that? Or I, I think I'd agree there, but I'd, I'd even go one step further. I think I think it starts with that initial hiring manager and recruiter conversation. We all we all know how in, how important that intake meeting is, right? To try to even just understand, like, okay, I know you're looking for a product manager, but like. You know, what are you building? Where does this person fit in with the other rest of the structure? Like, why do you need to hire someone externally versus promote someone internally? Like, all of these questions about like, what's the need and, and why is it this role? You yeah. Know what I mean? That that you know that that might only you might only have twenty minutes or fifteen minute call to try to deduce like who and what you're looking for. So, you know, I think those conversations are are full of incredible insight. But but here you go, you have a recruiter. Who may or may not be that experienced, may not uh, have placed that particular skill set before, and what are they doing? They're talking to a hiring manager, and they're trying to scribble notes, trying to write everything down, trying to not yeah. miss a word or keyword, right? And then so the time is again spent on scribbling notes rather than having a meaningful, meaningful conversation, right? And yeah, you know what? what, what and, and that translates over into the job description a lot of times too, because it's a, it, it becomes a wish list, right, as opposed to what the job actually is or what it entails. And sometimes companies don't know, so you need to figure that out prior to 
prior to having this conversation with with the yeah, and what's, in candidates. What's going to be what's going to be compelling to a candidate? You know, like most engineers yeah. aren't just applying to jobs because it says JavaScript engineer. Like most most candidates want to know what they're going to be building. Is it a new project? Is it one more developer on a on a seventy five person engineering team? Is it you know building something that resonates with them? Right. So. Yeah. You know that's that's where this this kind of the narrative comes into play. And if you're just looking for buzzwords or keywords, like that's job applications and resumes don't match people with opportunity. So, so do you? Where do you? Matching has been. Where do you think is yeah. the biggest disconnect between the recruiter and the hiring manager that you've seen? Yeah, I, I think one of the challenges is um, the feedback loops don't are oh, yeah. as strong as they could be. Yep. Should be right. If you present three candidates to a hiring manager, many times you'll get back, not what we're looking for, not strong enough, uh, you know, <laughs> and many times that doesn't come with much more detail to know, like, well, where do we fall short? Like, was it the industry? Was it the function? Was it the years of, you know? Um, so, you know, I think there's just a disconnect in feedback loops. And, and I think, again, going back to interview communication, you know, this recruiter just had a 40-minute conversation with this candidate felt strong enough to present it to a hiring manager, well, where's the disconnect there? Like, yeah. why did the recruiter feel so strongly and why did the hiring manager not feel so strongly? There's not a lot of evidence or data to, to actually look at and talk about other than what we know to be a resume. And, and I think most people understand a resume isn't enough to really understand the motivations, the, the aptitude, the you know, the fit. So really this comes down to trust, right? Um, so the hiring manager doesn't necessarily trust the recruiter or, and, and maybe the recruiter hasn't gained enough insight into the hiring manager to gain that trust. Is that I fair? think it's both, yeah, I, I, I think that's totally fair. I think it goes ways and, and you know, that once you develop a great relationship and you build that trust with the hiring manager, you can say, you know, hey, you got to talk to this candidate, right? Yeah. And, and in that case, maybe they'll drop everything and you know, have another phone call, I'd say it's pretty infrequent that you could say that and get someone to invite that candidate on site, yeah. although some recruiters can do that with the trust that's been built. But I guess, you know, to take a step back, but that's not an instant. how can we... It takes time. It's not instant. That takes a lot of time, and especially if you're creating new relationships. How do we, when we know timing is everything, when we know speed is what separates you finding the right talent versus them going to your competition, how do we start to think about removing some of the redundant steps and removing some of the friction that's just baked into uh, you know, the traditional interview experience? Well, see, I am a big believer in eliminating that skills piece, which is what most people hire on. Um, they hire on whether or not they like somebody and whether or not they bring the skills to the table as opposed to what accomplishments this person's had how they're going to translate into that role, and really the content of what's, what needs to be accomplished. I mean, th those things are a lot are, are missing in, in job descriptions and in the whole process a lot of times. Oh, and I think, you know, depending on what kind of a company we're talking about, right, we can, you know, the, the, the Googles and Microsofts and Facebooks of the world can be highly selective, right? Yeah. They, they have thousands of inbounds, and then they can use certain filtering tools, whether it be technical tests or whatnot, to screen for the top 0.001% of engineers, right? And so that's what they're looking for. Startups who don't have any brand recognition, you know, are in a funky location, don't have the, the, the resources potentially, you know, they're not looking for the top 0.001%. 
they're looking for someone that would resonate with what this company is trying to solve for. Right? But they should what, be what, at least what, looking for the top 20%, right, or the top 10%. I mean, you know, well, there should be some sort of bar. Not, fair enough, but but what, what are we saying? Like, not everybody can hire the top 20%. So, like, everybody says they only hire the best and brightest. Well, like, what are the, the 80%? You just said 3% unemployment. The, the bottom 77% yeah. are also working. True, so. true. Which is why um, going out and, and recruiting is, is pretty key, right? Well, I think it just starts, you got to really, with those hiring manager conversations, know what you're looking for. And then I think to the second bucket that we talked about, you know, who are you putting on the front lines to have these initial conversations with these candidates, yeah. right? And I think, I think most, most companies have, again, zero visibility into what's happening on these phone calls. Is, is, is this particular recruiter good at pitching the company? Yeah. Are they good at answering the questions of, that the candidate has? Are they asking the right questions? Like, what are they asking? And, and, and why, does this, why is this recruiter being able, placing so many more people than the recruiter sitting next to them? Like, what's different? Yeah. And so I think there's this, this area that's been a bit of a black box, which is the phone interview, you know, which is what we're, we're very interested in because that's the first conversation typically – I would argue that's one of the most important steps of the hiring process to figure out who moves on and, and who doesn't yeah. um, in the funnel. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so that's the recruiter and the hiring manager. Now let's talk a little bit about the um, the recruiter and the interviewee. Because, uh, well, actually, there, we had a good blend of that. But the, the fact is I think um, the ball gets dropped there quite a bit too as far as follow-up. In terms of uh, getting back to candidates, you mean? Yeah, yeah, getting back to candidates. But, you know, it's all in the setup, too, because, you know, what what can happen or should happen is that if somebody's doing a search, then, you know, coach them to be proactive in getting back to you. Exactly. Sense of urgency. You know, hey, yeah. I'm talking to other companies. You know, I'm actively interviewing. Even, even a few lines like that will motivate a recruiter to kind of keep you in the loop. But I, I think it goes back to what happens – what happens when a recruiter and a, and, a, and a candidate have a great conversation? Um, you know, what's next? Well, the recruiter is going to share some scribbled notes. They're going to put together a little write-up, and then a hiring manager is going to try to read that write-up and read those scribbled notes and try to decide like if this candidate's good versus great. And I'm, and I'm going, I'm scratching my head. I'm going, you just had a 40-minute conversation that was round, full of insight, and again, we're pushing it into a flat, text-based. <laughs> format in which sure. we communicate talent. And so I think that's where we get frustrated about feeding back to candidates because many times there's a lot of gray area and, and the, the resume is just sitting with the hiring manager. They're not quite sure if the candidate's verse, good versus great. And so that doesn't really expedite next steps if they're great. If they're good, they just sit there and then the companies hedge their bets and don't want to decline a candidate that they might want to you know, talk to. Um, and so there's just a lot of gray area that turns into you know, that black hole phenomenon, right? Well, you know, early in my career, I got to say, and it it took a long while to get there, but like, I didn't know what a great person was until I kind of went through and and was able to figure out how to identify somebody who's really good at what they do. So, you know, you can have a 45-minute phone conversation with somebody, grab a lot of information about skills and whatnot. You still don't have a clue whether or not they're good. I, I think you're. I think you're totally right. It's like yeah. one is like just it, can the recruiter effectively assess a good versus great candidate in whatever domain, marketing manager, yeah. financial, you know, 
cost accountant, whatever we're talking about. I think the other challenge then is even if you feel good about the candidate, articulating that to someone else is a challenge, right? And and I think one of the things that we just we just see out of just misinterpretation and communication that happens at that stage too. So, but I know, think that has to do a lot with asking the right questions, and that's that's the problem I think that I see with most most people in this area of of this interaction is that the right questions aren't really asked in order to really dig out the the correct information so you can make an accurate assessment of each candidate that you talk to. I, I, I take it one step further. I mean, anybody anybody can ask the right questions, right? A junior yeah. recruiter, one year out of college, that's equipped with the right three QA automation engineering questions from mm. the director of QA sure. can, can ask the right technical questions for a goal. Um, I think the challenge with phone interviews is that that person has historically been the only person that's heard those answers during the call, and it's up to them to decide, was that a good technical answer or not, which is why phone interviews historically have never been that technical, and, and in my opinion, in most cases, have been throwaways, yeah. right? Uh, but what if that junior recruiter was equipped with the right techn two technical questions based on historical data? of what has made great successful hires in the past, and we know what those great answers to those questions sound like, and before a recruiter even picks up the phone on a rec they've never worked on, they know the right three questions to bake in somewhere during the conversation, and even better, they've already heard what good answers or great answers sound like, and now, uh, not to not to pitch hone it, but they imagine hanging up the phone and just sharing. Well, the well hang, hang up one, hang yeah. in one second, Nick. We're talking to Nick Livingston, yeah. the CEO and co-founder of Honed Software. Nick, we're going to take a quick break, and sure. when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about kind of tools that are available and how to how to improve this communication flow. We'll be right back. You're listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard giving you access to recruiting techniques that will help you hire key talent to build your company towards real success. Rick is a recruiting executive and entrepreneur who's been successfully recruiting in the aggressive Silicon Valley technology landscape for the past two decades. After a very successful stint at Apogee, he founded Stride Search in 2012. Based on a lean efficiency model, Stride has uniquely positioned itself as a leader in retained search for the most critical talent hires within a small organization. Whether you're a startup executive or recruiting professional, by listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard, you will walk away with skills to help you attract and hire great talent. Now back to Higher Power with Rick Gerard. Welcome back to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and today our guest is Nick Livingston, the co-founder and CEO of Honit Software. So we just discussed communication in the interview process, where it's breaking down and now we're going to discuss um, how to fix it, and some tools are available to do so. So, uh, Nick, before the break, uh, you were you were saying something, and I cut you off, so I wanted to let you kind of finish that thought. What were you saying now? No worries, no worries. Well, you know, we were just getting to the point where, you know, even if a junior recruiter a couple years out of college, equipping them with the right, say, two or three technical questions to ask on their initial conversation with candidates, the, the challenge that's been a challenge previously because someone can ask those technical questions, but it's only them who can kind of listen and try to then understand if that's a good versus great answer. And that's where the, the fall-off happens, right? Because they're not a, a domain expert, like many of the hiring managers we're working with are. But, you so, know, when yeah. you have something that's like, like code, right, somebody who's writing code, that's a little bit more subjective, and it's hard for a, a recruiter to dig in, like dig into the code to see if it's, you know, good code, right? Uh, well, 
fair enough in yeah. terms of syntax and such and and how do you where do you put the semicolons and all that and what language but i mean if you talk to a senior engineer and architect about you know tell me a lot about your last product why did you choose the, the stack you did what were the pros and cons of that decision you know an engineering director can listen to that and to see how deep that person went in deciding pros versus cons and, oh yeah sure and, and you know so sure so i think there are questions we can ask that would really help us understand an engineer's aptitude, and I think the best engineers can articulate very complicated topics in simple ways, especially when they know they're talking to non-technical people. So, All right, so we don't have to, yeah. Uh, just uh, kind of skip into because I don't want to run out of time. I want to be able to sure. provide some good. So the, the forms of communication and in, in issues that we're talking about in the interview. So we've got phone conversations, right? Video interviews. What are your thoughts on that? So, you know, video video interviewing has been around for 10 years, right? Like they I think and I think the important thing to think about is are we talking about two-way video tools like like Skype and Hangouts and GoToMeetings and and all these incredible video tools or are we talking about one-way video tools that, you know, it's no longer a conversation, it's it's a extended application for the job seeker? Video yourself uh, as to these questions and we'll get back to you. I think that's Yeah, thanks for yeah. applying. Please record yourself and and I think ask most candidates and it's a pretty soul-crushing experience having to like put yourself on and look at the computer and try to answer these questions. Yeah. Um, without uh, you know. So Well, that doesn't attract think, talent at all. I mean, especially people who are busy uh, or working, right? Yeah, the best folks, they want to talk to somebody. They're going to go to your competition. I mean, that's an extra step of the process. The best candidate, the best companies who know how, how, how important speed is, as soon as you get someone to buy, you pick up the phone, you jump on, you have that great conversation, you answer the questions, you sell them on the opportunity. You don't add friction at that stage. Exactly, exactly. That is a, a great point to bring up, and that's a great point to drive home. Don't add friction because we really don't. This process is hard enough, and we throw up way too many hurdles in this hiring process for ourselves as companies and hiring managers and, and recruiters that really don't need yeah. to be there. Video communication, if you talk about a Skype call, I mean, there's definitely applications for that. I, I would argue further down the, the hiring funnel. Maybe a candidate's not local. You know, maybe scheduling prevents, like, travel time. There's a lot of great reasons to jump on a, a live video call and, and talk to somebody. But I, I would also caution companies that are trying to do video as the first step of the process. They're going to be introducing additional bias that they're not going to want in that decision-making process. I mean, there's a reason we don't put pictures on resumes. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I don't put my picture on the resume because I'm not that good looking. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> all right. So, all right. So, how do we make these communication interactions more effective. So let's talk about the hiring manager and the recruiter. But let's go through a quick, you give me your kind of two cents on that, and then I'll, I'll kind of interject what I, what I think improves communication between the two parties. Well, this is what we're excited about. I mean, now, now a, a, a recruiter, an HR person can, can have that conversation with a hiring manager, get to know the role. But, you know, at the end of that conversation, they could even say, you know, so what are the two to three questions, even technical questions, that I should be asking candidates on that first conversation to help you figure out who to invest time in? Yep. Right? Something I think we can take a step forward at and, and, and turn these, what, what has been non-technical phone conversations, into technical conversations by adding a little more rigor with the questions we ask. Sure. All right. So you're talking about essentially 
having effective interview questions so that once somebody's gauged, the hiring manager can trust what the recruiters bring to the table. Yep. Okay. I, I want to take that a little bit a step further. I mean, it, you know, we, we have so many tools that kind of take the human element out of it. I mean, you need to develop the relationship with the hiring manager first and foremost, right? Well, I mean, not everyone has that, you know, ability, right? I mean, internal corporate recruiters have a lot more face time and exposure to hiring managers than, say, ex-agency recruiters, right? Yeah. So I think it depends on who we're talking about. I mean, I, I remember working at a vendor management company, and we were the wall between clients and recruiting agencies, right? And we're like, nope, no hiring manager access. So it's like, in that world, that's a whole different ballgame. But yeah. I think you're right. More, more FaceTime, more feedback only only improves the process. I mean, you know, I've been on the agency side most of my career, so I, I can effectively say that I've got great relationships with a lot of hiring managers that I've built over the years. And it's because I made sure to invest that time. You know, you find a way, right? Just like you find a way to find mm-hmm. candidates and fill those roles, you got to find a way to, to build that relationship with the hiring manager. It's your job. It is. I mean, and I think forging similar relationships with candidates over time is also a competitive advantage for recruiters, right? You yep. want those people to call you back in, in five years and say, Rick, now thanks again. We didn't, you didn't place me last time, but I could tell you knew what you were doing. I'm, I'm starting to look again. Yep. And there you go. Exactly. Building in the trust with the hiring manager is, is key. Having three or four solid questions that um, that effectively help to give the view, an accurate view of who that person is for that candidate for the hiring manager so they trust your your decision to bring them to the table? And uh, anything else? Well, I mean, I think, um, you know, we're trying to take it one step further with Honus, really. I mean, we're trying to say, ask those three technical questions that the hiring manager requested during your calls. Uh-huh. And then rather than, rather than a subjective write-up or sharing your scribbled notes of what a candidate may or may not said, just share those two or three great answers that you just heard, right, uh, the audio highlights from a natural phone conversation with the hiring manager. Sure. So you can spend a minute and a half to listen to a few excerpts rather than a 40-minute redundant conversation to kind of quickly get to know a candidate's domain knowledge, their, their personality, their communication style which we are all finding are, are, are almost equally as important in many, many roles these days. Sure. Yeah, it's funny because uh, when, when I uh, connect up with any new candidates, I ask three, I, I cover three areas where I'm asking questions and digging deep so I can understand who the person is. And I think well, this is a good segue into the interviewee. You really have to understand and invest time into who that person is and what they want. Because effectively, it's a two-way street, the interview process. And if you're just pushing really hard on selling your job and you're not really understanding what that person wants out of their career, then you're, you're creating a, a bad communication channel or a transactional communication channel between you and the candidate, right? That's true. Yeah. All right. So um, how would you improve the communication between the interviewee and the recruiter? Between the interviewee and the recruiter, the candidate well, and the think, recruiter. Again, it goes the candidate the recruiter. I think it goes back to again, who are you putting on the phone on the front lines of the hiring process? If hiring is critical to your organization, it's probably good to know that one, your recruiters are competent and confident and know what they're talking about on the phone. Yep. And to create that great candidate experience, and then I think you know you also need to know, you know, the candidate's going to want to know that if this if this company hires a great recruiters, right? 
then you could assume they're hiring great employees. If, if there's a terrible first conversation, <laughs> can't answer questions about. Boom! I love that. Speaks volumes about who who your company can hire. Yep. And, and and has the capacity to hire. So. That is so very true. You know, in, it's often looked at like, well, we'll just put a junior person in here and and hope that they just do their best. But they're going to attract what they're putting out, right? Yeah, I work with I work with startups and 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 work with the CEOs on on hiring the executive teams and things like that. And and you know, a CEO goes from being the first phone interview, you know, when they're a small startup and talking to every candidate, they're the first step of the hiring process. Mm-hmm. And then there's some inflection point when you start to hire HR and then recruiting teams, and then quickly the CEO becomes the last person involved in the hiring class, or then the executives become the last person. And so you're like, where does that inflection? And like, how can you keep you know, the most experienced, seasoned hirers and, and interviewers involved in your process. Yeah. Right? Um, rather than wasting six weeks of people's time, candidates been you know, had six conversations with different people in your organization, and now the you know the executive or CEO picks up the phone, talks to the candidate for 15 minutes, says, "Not what we're looking for. What what are we thinking?" Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's there's definitely a, a, a diminishing knowledge base there, right? All right, so I'm oh, going to yeah. give you a I mean, few minutes to to plug sure. um, to uh, to plug um, uh, your company. So let's talk about some of the tools you with Honeit when you guys uh, effectively offer. Because I, I like the tool; I've been actually using it for a little while now. And and um, give me the four one one on that. So how do yeah, we? Yeah. How does it improve things? So so Honeit is phone interview technology. It turns everyday conversations into talent intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, we're focused on those live conversations that are already happening every day and helping companies uncover what those great questions are, what they should be asking, and then even more interesting, what makes that good versus great answer. And we can start to do a lot of that with, with interview data um, by just capturing what are the words people are saying, how are they saying them, right? It's not the scribbled notes. It's, it's the indentation of a voice. There's a lot of really interesting things we can do with the, the, the data contained in our, our interview conversations. So. We're really excited about that, but but to take it one step further, we're really now interested in removing the need for so many redundant conversations. Mm-hmm. Now one junior recruiter can ask a few technical phone screens, hang up the phone, share a few highlights with several people in the organization to quickly hear the same answers and provide quick feedback on whether that person's good versus great. And if they're great, we don't need two more phone interviews. Let's get them on site. Yep. We'll shave two weeks from the front end of the process, and once. They meet the team. The interview panel gives thumbs up. We can share a few highlights with the executive decision maker so that it doesn't take two weeks to track down you know, that 15-minute phone call to, to approve a hire. We're really excited about not only how do we capture interview intelligence, but how can we help people share it within an organization to make better decisions faster. And, you know, first point, con- point of contact to, to hire should be a relatively quick process it shouldn't take there's no reason it should be taking six months for, for a hire unless it's an executive level right i mean and even at that level it's like you know that if you're not moving forward if the candidate's not responding quickly that's a signal that they're not interested if a company's not responding quickly that's a signal they're not interested right so yep. you know when you're when you're not hearing back it's not a good sign yep. and, and so you know how do we expedite the process when when there are those mutual fits but the challenge is what one person hears on an interview conversation 
it could be very different how someone might else might, might else might interpret that. So well, that's why we love panel interviews, right? That's why we like bring someone in, have them talk to four people. Four people can hear that answer, and then they can do a debrief and say, well, I like that he said this. And I, you know, but usually when it's separate conversations, there's no visibility into what each of these separate conversations had, which is why even if companies do a huddle with the hiring team after a candidate leaves the building, still like, oh, I liked, I liked her. Yeah. Well, why did you like her? Well, she said this one thing. I was like, oh, well, what did she say exactly? Well, it's this thing. And then it's just there's no evidence, there's no insight that we can talk about. See, I'm not a big fan of the panel interviews, uh, but what I do like are behavioral interviews where you're gathering information, like pretty deep information, based on your core company values. So each person's assigned questions that they run through and they dig deep on. And once people get used to it, they become very um, very comfortable and they, they really like because they get a little a deeper look under the hood, which really, oh, for sure. which really for most most people are either hired or fired because of their cultural fit, you know, so you have a lot. And I think, I'll clarify what I I meant by panel. I guess, you know, studies show that the more people you have involved in the hiring process, the the better, you know, correlation that is to quality, right, to to hire. The the problem is, you know, getting 15 people involved in a pro, like, that's where we get to these three months, right? And it's just that's very expensive. Everybody, your engineering time's worse money your 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 vp of products times worth a lot of money like how many people do you need in a room to physically hear an answer or can you start start to share and assess some highlights gosh do you really need do you really need 15 people i mean i would imagine like you can get i mean five seems like a lot to me three to five sounds like somewhere in that range is is probably optimal i would imagine what that that's totally right and i think if if it takes more than that then there's some issues in your team around <laughs> you know inability to make a decision yeah. right like is your hiring manager checked in or checked out are they looking for jobs like why aren't they pushing this hire like what you know there's there's some other things to be to uncover all right we, so we got about one more minute left um, so how does how does your tool reduce misinterpretation and bias because i think that's something that uh is a major issue that we we touched upon in the beginning. I mean, in 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 a nutshell, it, it, it's empowering HR and recruiting teams to share quotes, audio quotes instead of scribbled interview notes. Got it. Love it. All right, cool. So we're just about out of time for today's show. Nick, thanks for your time investment today uh, in the show. I really appreciate it, and I want to welcome you to the Higher Power Radio community. Now, what would be the best way for members of our community to check out Honit or reach you for more information? Uh, the website's honit.com, H-O-N-E-I-T.com. And if you submit a demo request, we'll have a live phone conversation with you through the system, uh, answer any questions, and then you can experience the technology firsthand. Outstanding. So I want to thank our uh, listening audience for tuning in to this week's episode of Higher Power. A quick thanks to our team, our engineer, Paul Roberts, our producers, Andrea Ballin, Shanti Ryle, and Kim Iverson. To listen to this show and any past episodes, you can check us out on Hire, that's H-I-R-E, PowerRadio.com, or Hire Power Radio on iTunes and Spotify. You can also follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook at Hire Power Radio Show, or you can follow me on Twitter at Rick underscore Gerard. We have a, uh, another great show lined up for you guys next week. Our guest is going to be Chris Steely, the Managing Director of GPS Business Group. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. 
Thank you for listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard on OC Talk Radio. 